we become a race of peeping Toms. Something happened. Something was happening. I had no idea. Where is her treacherous husband now? But in a place where she can visit, if she wished, mine. It's with the ancestors. I'm yeah, sorry, drinking, Luann. How can you hold cake and not eat it? Oh, shit, you guys got coke here. Oh, my God, of course. I mean, I know to you I'm just your old fat Aunt Maddie Faye. I'm more than that, sweetheart. These are godless times, Mrs. Snell. You're all feckin' boring. With your piddling grievances over nothing, you're all feckin' boring. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and well, why not take the presidential suite of the rates attractive? <laughs> And my name is Colin Drucker, and ask me things, please. Yes, that was my runner-up, and I was like, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it all to Colin this time. Oh, thank you, because my life, my the the tectonic plates in my in my soul shifted. Uh, (laughs) As Joe Beth Williams once said in Poltergeist, she went through my soul. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I mean. Every movie we're covering so far, uh, since the Westons, is just I just feel like as a front runner that we've we've got steering wheel acting, we've got cigarette acting, maybe there's some stairs somewhere in here. We have phone acting. Phone Did acting? I say that already? No, I don't even know. No. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and we have lesbians, which is just yes. if it, truly Christmas is coming early because this week. We are continuing our Christmas adjacent movies uh, with 2015's Carol. <laughs> yeah, you gotta say Carol. <laughs> Carol. Christmas Carol. <laughs> Carol, yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a ride. And I, and you know, kind of really jumping the gun uh, from the start here, but we, I don't know if you have watched May, December yet. I have watched it. It's on Netflix, everyone, uh, or at least for those in the States. And I didn't realize until early this afternoon that that's also, this is both of them were directed by Todd Haynes. So in a way, and you know, he also did, um, what's the movie? Another one with Julianne Moore, Far From Heaven, that one I think he did. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of glad to have that under my belt because I I think I understood this movie. I understood the vibe and like what I'm in for when you see a Todd Haynes movie. Um, So this was a real treat to watch. And I just love this era of Christmas too. Like it's a beautiful film. Oh man, I don't know why I was sleeping on Carol. Uh, but I guess it was to save for this moment because I, I had never, I actually didn't know really anything about Carol yeah, going same. in. I knew that Todd Haynes had directed it. And actually, as it was starting, I was like, oh, this is perfect because May, December just came out, which I have not seen yet because that's okay. Netflix sniffed me out and uh, we gotta talk about because it's i saw it on my app that you're still there colin and i share a netflix account folks so we're, we're figuring it out and yeah I'll, I'll get you set up yeah if not i can honestly i can write it off on my taxes for all right mary so there's probably a value in just like <laughs> subscribing but it was just nice to be like no old, we'll get old aunt beatrice straight on your on your family account yeah okay well we'll figure yeah. it out off the mic we'll get you all set up and but you know we'll i'll save my thoughts on that as well in the after show, but maybe I'll do a little tease. Yeah. Yeah. No spoilers. Cause I just, I know nothing. And I, I mean, I know a little bit, but 
Yeah. Uh, and in any event, in any event, we are here to talk about Carol. We are here to talk about Christmas Carol, which I also knew very little about. And so when it started, I mean, I didn't even, you know, when the music started, I was like, Philip? Philip Glass? Yes. And honestly, yeah, go oh, on. Oh, and I just was like, I started levitating. And then I saw it was Carter Burwell. And I was like, okay, work. You know, like, you know, same great flavor, you know? Yeah. Really, truly, like a lot of those like deeply emotional moments that are just like glances through a cab window or, you know, just holding a cigarette and staring across the room in slow motion. Like it's the score is so important and feels so much like the hours specifically, I feel. Yeah. Oh, it was almost like I just felt like who is the gay man? That knew that I wanted, knew what I wanted for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like a a, yeah. a, a lesbian drama with Philip Glass esque music, and yes. it was just like I, I was swept right in. So I knew right away that I was home, and I just, it, it I don't know the last time I felt this, where like twenty minutes or however long it was into the movie, where I was like, I already can't wait to watch this again. Like I, yeah. it's not even over, and I don't really want it to end, and I can't wait to watch it again. I, oh, I love this movie. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, I think it's really knowing what I know now. I guess because I mean, maybe, maybe before we go into this, maybe it's a good idea to tell the folks what is what's Carol about before I start blabbing on about trying to do my own recap of this film. I'm not good well, at it. You know, Carol, and and I'll tell you, I. It's, it's pretty simple, though. It is. It's yeah. really simple. It, it kind of felt like at first it was like, where is this movie going to go? So, you know, the short of it, and of course I love that it it pulls a little bit of a Pulp Fiction where, you know, we see a scene from towards the end at the very yes. beginning. Love and, that. Oh, my God. Wait till that wraps around. That just knocked the, the gloves right off of me. But speaking of which, <laughs> so Carol is this... Uh, haughty, you know, uh, rich New Jersey housewife married to an absolutely porcelain Kyle Chandler. I mean, they, oh, they, they just so hot, so hot. He, what perfect casting and Harge, Harge. Yeah. You know, there's no baby Harges anymore. Yeah, no. So Carol is in the city to buy a Christmas present for her young daughter, uh, Rindy, and she is attended to by shop girl Therese Bellavet, played by Rooney Mara. And I mean, the chemistry between the two of them from the beginning was incredible. And yes. it's just, it's this, you know, love story that then develops. And of course, it's all set in the 1950s. And so almost my expectation was like, okay, well, we're not going to. It'll all be a lot of furtive glances and a lot of like hands on shoulders and a lot of just like fingers lingering. But we're not like at the end of the day, what are we going to get? Like one kiss? Well, eventually uh, a, a, a lunch date turns into a sleepover at Carol's house, turns into Carol leaving her uh, dopey boyfriend, Richard, played by Jake L- Lacey. And going on a cross-country trip with Carol. And uh, meanwhile, Carol and her husband are divorcing, and her husband is threatening to uh, take full custody of their daughter. 
and her affair with Therese is only inadvertently uh, jeopardizing that even more. And uh, eventually a gun is pulled. And I thought, oh, oh, I know where this is going. And then it, it, it didn't. And then it all... It, no one got killed. You think someone's going to get killed in this movie and nobody gets killed. Yeah, I was glad for that. I was like, I don't think we need to go there. Right. Um, like, even no, no, written, not there. Right. Yeah. Even though it was, it was written by Patricia Highsmith, she wrote The, the Talented Mr. Ripley. Yes, I, I saw love that, that in trivia. Yeah, yeah, I love that she's kind of like the source material of two, I think, just jewels in the crown of our catalog. I think so, too. I think this movie is... It's it's a slow burn, but it's like a very even keeled burn, if that makes sense. It's not like it's ninety percent slow burn, and then it's just like hits you in the face. Like it, it crescendos perfectly up to that sort of. I feel like the gun is that sort of high point of like drama and just like chaos, but it's not really about that. And like it has, I I want to like talk about the ending so much, but we're I'll wait for it. It's it, but it really is. Like at at the core of it too, it's just this beautiful relationship that like you think might not work out and everyone is, you know, there's so many things that are going against them and really, you know, uh, Therese trying to decide if this is something that she wants to pursue, but like there is love there and like the heartbreak of them, you know, not being able to see each other. Eventually we'll, we'll talk about it. And then you also get Sarah Paulson in this too, which is just like, I, I I think she's one of my favorite actresses. Like I always knew she was in some capacity too, but like there's nothing this woman can't do. And I think she's so fucking cool in real life. Like I would totally want to hang out with her. And I just think she's great in this too. I really feel like I'm having a, a corner turn with Sarah Paulson as well. I think cousin yeah. Michelle and the bear was really important for Sarah yeah. and I. And then I saw her in this play appropriate on Broadway. Oh, yes. And she was great. I mean, yeah. and the play, you know, I kind of went into it thinking, of course, this was the infamous play that, that got me to skip my company's Christmas party. And yes. it was three hours or, or, or just short of it. But it was really, really good. And she, I mean, it was... She was like at a 27 the whole time. She she was great. I really and I walked out of that thinking, you know what, Sarah, I think I think we're good. And then she popped up in this <laughs> in this great role as like Carol's childhood friend turned brief uh you know, situationship affair five years ago turned, you know, lesbian confidant. I feel that Sarah Paulson is one of our our great our greats. I do think that, like, she's got an Oscar in her somewhere. She's definitely got maybe a Tony on the way. Who knows? Like, I do feel that she can do it all and is really kind of one of those, I shouldn't say, like, a darling of Hollywood, but, like, she's really playing the game right and is, like, everything that she pops up in, I'm always glad to see her. And I think we've, I think I've sent it to you or you've probably seen it on your own, the clip of Sarah Paulson and Kate Blanchett um, doing like press with like Hoda Kotb. Do you do you know that? Clip? Oh, yes. The the, the so Ocean's funny, Eight the two publicity. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yes. It's so well, great watching the two of them. <laughs> I think it was maybe on the after show last week where we were like, "Who's you know who inherits the torch from Merrill? You know, like who's yeah. who, and and we were thinking more younger. You know, we, we were thinking like of, of a younger generation. But I feel like it, it, not that not that 
anyone's shuffling Meryl off to Buffalo. You know, she just got sure, a Golden yeah. Globe nomination for God's sake. She's got years. Yeah, she's got years. She probably got another Oscar in her. I'm not worried about it. But I feel like at the very least, you know how like back in the day on Drag Race on All Stars where they had you know the pictures on the wall, you know, and they got Chad Michaels, yes. and then they got you know uh, Alaska. Well, I feel like Meryl's on the wall. I feel like this Kate Blanchett is easily like if someone else. That's true. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, as Detox once said, if Rue's number one, I'm number two, and I think that Kate Blanchett would say if Meryl's number one. I'm number 1.5 and I'm sharing it with like Viola Davis, you know? Yeah. We're overlooking the obvious here too. Yeah. Kate's she's up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she is. I mean, that was one of my big takeaways from this was like, Oh my God, you are like, it's ironic that she's played Catherine Hepburn in the aviator because it's like, you are the Catherine Hepburn of our generation. Yeah. I think she's got another one. She almost did last year for Tar. I mean, yeah, I would love to go back and watch Tar. I was like flipping through some stuff on like uh, Plex or Netflix or something. I'm really in a rewatch kind of mood. Like all these like movies that I almost watched Lady Bird the other day. I was like, mm. I could do this. Like I, I'm in the mood for Lady Bird, but I need, I don't know. My, I feel like I need to watch it as I'm doing something and still kind of be productive instead of just like rotting on the couch. But you know, I'll right. figure that out. But yeah, just really in the mood to rewatch all these great women. Well, and I, I, I diverted away from you talking about Sarah Paulson. Cause I guess what I was That's also okay. thinking was in that sort of like that same idea of, you know, who's the next Meryl. I felt like, Oh, now Sarah Paulson. It's like, who, who would she be taking a torch from? And it's like, I almost want to say like Jane Fonda. Yeah, I don't know. I like, like who's who's like the prestige actress from the seventies that Sarah Paulson is like the it, it is the you know I don't know this generation's version of. Yeah, That's what I she's know. not she's not Diane Keaton. No, but she can be silly. She um, can be. So I don't but know. Diane yeah. is she's. I mean, Diane is you know flung from space. You know what I mean? Yeah, flung from space. <laughs> yes. Flung or flung space. out of space, excuse me. Flung yeah, out. whatever I the knew, quote is. I knew yes. I'd never get it right, but I that was my other favorite quote. It was just flung out of space. I just oh, that's <laughs> like the, the BSA lunchbox that I need with like a rocket ship on it, shaped as Kate Blanchett <laughs> with a cigarette. <laughs> like a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she's just sitting on it, side saddle with her, on the rocket with their legs. Crossed, oh yes, yes. Okay, yes. a cigarette in that with some that, beautiful outfit. Yeah. Yep, and like a power suit, the one or the one that she's like doing the Christmas shopping in. Yes. Oh, she's stunning in this. The glamour. Oh. It truly is so decadent, this movie. Like, I don't know why. Obviously, I was not alive in the 50s. But, like, when I was younger, this is what Christmas kind of... I, I remember these Christmases, even though, like, and maybe... Like, if you think about it now, like, 30 years ago was the 80s. And, like, are we decorating, like... I, I love stuff from like the fifties really like in six, like all the, that, that kitschy sort of like vintage Christmas stuff. Like mm -hmm. I eat up and I showed you that Christmas tour of my house. Colin. Oh, I sent you like four videos. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was an epic journey and I'll take four yeah. more. I mean, I even got yeah. a tour of the bathroom. There's a little, there's, <laughs> there, even the toilet gets gets decorated. It's uh, true. I, I just can't help myself, but yeah, yeah, I just, it really takes me back to this, a uh, cozy sort of time that I didn't exist in, but really feel comforted by, strangely. Yeah, there's. I, I think it's, you know, what you would probably also really enjoy is uh, it's sort of like the inspiration for, you know, Far From Heaven, but like 
Douglas Sirk movies from the 50s. I feel like that's Ooh, totally okay. your aesthetic. I feel like even if you just looked up some screenshots, oh my goodness, like there's a couple that are just like, yeah, I think I think that's going to be right right in your bowl you know uh that's gonna be the soup for the day for you (laughs) sounds delish um but yeah carol i i mean this was uh, yeah it's a period piece but i kind of love like mid-century like mid-20th century period pieces i mean i i love you know post-war america and like the 50s into the 60s i i don't know i find that kind of period piece to be fascinating yeah, I mean, I I said I I want to be in this era, but I don't want to be in this era. I'm glad I'm born, you know, as a gay man when I was. Like, I don't want to be in it, the, but there is something. I don't know. It's like watching the hours or watching, uh, like even period pieces like Pride and Prejudice. Like, it feels like, ugh, I'm, I'm romanticizing that life, even though like there's so much about that life that just like. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of at the same time. By the way, I looked up Douglas Sirk. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to look up all of those movies. Holy shit. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I want. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay. Very It's exciting. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, who knows? And maybe we'll do a Douglas Sirk month because there's some – I mean, I mean, I the the one I'm most familiar with is Imitation of Life, which, oh, my God, yes. that's got some – oh, yep. that's – and, and you know, best supporting Mahalia Jackson at the end. It's all I'll say, oh, okay, well, we'll talk about this because I that could be a lot of fun. Well, speaking of things I would not want to be a part of, I think – I think one of the things in particular, and no, it's not the homophobia, it's the food. Because (laughs) let's just talk about cream, spinach, and poached eggs for lunch. Let's just talk about that. There is not even a piece of toast to create, like, structure. It's just goop on goop. I'm into it. She ordered that, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds so good." I don't know why, but we talked about we talked about eggs last week on the after show. I think you don't like a hard boiled egg, nope. but do you like a poached egg, like a I, eggs Benny or something? I I've never had egg, eggs Benedict. I've never had okay. like I, I'm curious, but I've never had it. Um, but I've had poached eggs and like a a good poached egg on with some toast. I think it's a matter of because because the poached egg is a, a you know um it's such a delicate situation you know it, it it's yeah. somewhere in between a solid and a liquid and i just yes. feel like i need that toast to to brace against you know fair enough fair enough yep cream Eggs. spinach Ooh. i don't know i know I, I do love cream spinach though i mean i don't make it or order it often but when it's there i'm like yeah this is nice Mm, perfect for my eggs. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a poached egg for this. Yeah. No toast, please. Yeah, please, no toast. Watching I, my figure. Yeah, I don't want to chew. Yes, just slurp. Yeah. Oh, oh but it God. sounds really nice. And a martini. I was like, ugh, I'll take that too. And then she ordered the same. I was like, Therese, you know. Yeah, Therese. I mean, I, I feel like we needed a shot of Therese throwing up in an alleyway later. <laughs> Yes. Well, she did um, later in the movie. It's because of those she eggs. She did. She did. Yeah. She must have been thinking about those eggs. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, uh, so so that you know, that is like what always rings out to me is like in in, in restaurants or like even when you see like old. I don't know. You always see those photos of like flight attendants on airplanes in the sixties. And there's like a standing rib roast that they're serving from a tray. And I'm like, I definitely don't want that. No, no, thanks. You know, I don't, 
why what is this pink salad i feel like it's variations of ambrosia yeah ugh, ambrosia no thanks i i can eat one bite of it my family used to make it a lot for picnics and no no thanks i just think it's like you know when i when i hear those recipes i just feel like it it's like okay mayonnaise and sour cream and like cool whip or cool, something and yeah. cool whip yeah there you go and cool whip it's like you are crossing the streams like you you <laughs> can't have all three and i don't even think you can have two in most of these situations honestly like choose one you know yeah choose one and if it's good i don't know i just that's the, that's all i just uh you've said your my piece PSA. i've said my piece choose one <laughs> yes. you know <laughs> Um, anyway, so let's talk about, let's talk about actually the most important thing before we kind of get into some of the, the tits and bits of the movie, because appropriately enough for this podcast, uh, well, of course, obviously Kate was nominated for best actress, obviously yes. at the Oscars, but, uh, much to the chagrin of many Rooney Mara was put into the supporting actress category that year, I suppose yeah. to not compete against Kate. Yeah, and the screen time, I feel I read that Rooney Mara had like, I don't know, like nine more minutes on screen or seven yep. than Kate did. And granted, they're just like probably a lot of face journeys. But still, if we're counting minutes, it it doesn't quite feel that that adds up. But um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to go into some stats here of what year this was and who, who beat these two. Oh, I could certainly do that. I, oh, I, I thought that's where you were going. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I, uh, I actually, that's a good idea. You're so right. We should do that. I would, one of the things I was going to say is, because I was thinking about this, was like exactly what you're saying of like in terms of screen time. And and apparently, I mean, the rules, we have our ideas of, of what's supporting and leading. and But apparently, the rules are pretty loose when it comes to what you can put into supporting versus lead. And I'm not, and I'm talking at my ass cause I don't really know what the rules are, but I just remember reading about like, Oh, well what designates something yeah. as a, like does a certain amount of screen time designate something as supporting performance. And apparently that's not the correlation in terms of like, Oh, if you're in more than this percentage, then you have to be in the lead category. Cause I feel like if we looked back at like the favorite, for example, I feel like Olivia Coleman had less screen time than Rachel Weiss and um, yeah, what's Emma her Stone. name? Yeah, Emma Stone, and yet she was in lead, and they were in supporting. And then you look at like uh, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs; he's in that movie for like ten minutes, and yeah, he won for lead. One. So there's just you know uh, there's some weird ones, and I so in this case it's like I certainly in a way. If if Kate was in this a little bit less, I would say, oh, she was a fascinating supporting character that the yeah. movie was like about, but wasn't she? It's not like it was tar, but I feel like it comes around to be about her enough where it's like, no, she's the lead. But like Rooney Mara is the co-lead easily. Yeah, I mean, the movie's called Carol. You know, it's like it feels like it. it should be. She should be lead and she is the more like looming presence in the movie you know yeah and oh my god yeah she's just well let's look at who she was up against so this was 2016 this is the 2016 oscars um and so her uh fellow nominees included uh jennifer lawrence in a similarly one word woman's name joy 
Uh, yeah. Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. Uh, Charlotte Rampling in 45 Years, which I think someone just recommended to us. Oh. Right? Did we get an email? I'm so bad about If anyone's listening and you have written into us at any point, I'm so bad at writing back. And I just used to be Same better at it. And then I just, uh, but I always, I read everything. I read everything. Um, there we go. Yeah. And then I print it out onto a sheet cake and I eat it. And so <laughs> I can't remember if someone recommended 45 years, but the idea of it sounds delicious. Um, yes. Sounds like a corner piece. Um, mm-hmm. But all of these legendary ladies lost out to Brie Larson in Room. I find that win so interesting because, I mean, she's a Marvel gal now, but it reminds me, I think, was that also, this is, you don't need to look this up unless it is the same year. Is that this, like, I feel like Alicia Vikander was like the supporting actress that won, or at least has that similar trajectory. I feel like Brie Larson went on to do more than Alicia Vikander did, at least, you know, from what I see in America here, but... I just think Brie Larson is such an interesting actress. I feel like she's had like a really great career and for me came out of nowhere because I didn't know who she was and I saw room and I, I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't losing my mind over it and maybe there's something wrong with me and I wasn't picking up on the nuance, but it is like a stressful movie. Um, so that's all I have to say about that. I don't know. <laughs> I got to say, I have felt exactly the same way. Yeah. I I went into room. I was ready, uh, you know, like like she says in Dropped It Gorgeous. I was ready. was ready, and yes. it was like th- th- there were certainly some stressful parts. But I feel like I think about Joan Allen as her mom more than I think about Brie Larson. Same. And I remember coming out of it feeling like, hmm, I'm not. That? But yeah, but like, was that really the best performance of the year? Yeah, and I, I know she. Get- I would. I was okay, say, I know she gets a lot of hate from like Marvel fans, and they're you know she's not listening to this podcast, so I'd hate to pile on to poor Brie, but I just if I was a voter, I easily would have voted for for Kate in the situation. Yeah, it's interesting, I guess. But yeah, what about uh, best supporting actress? What do we have? Well, you're right, and actually, I think this was an because I think Alicia Vikander. I think this was another one where people were like, "Oh, she was kind of the lead." In the Danish girl. And so this was like another case of some category fraud, I believe. I didn't see it, of course. Um, but she did win and she was up against Rooney Mara in Carol, uh, Rachel McAdams in Spotlight. Ooh, okay. Which I saw, and I I feel like I don't know if I remember her pinging for me as a BSA, but it was a good movie. Yeah, I mean, a one best picture, I feel like it was one of those, we've said it before, like sometimes movies can carry multiple nominations for, I'm happy for her. Like, I feel like she should have more nominations by now. I'm always rooting for her. So that's exciting. Yeah, she'll, she's another one where eventually, like, yeah, who's, Rachel McAdams Well, is is claiming the baton from somebody, you know? Um, And then, uh, and will become one of our greats is is the end of that idea. I think Um, so. But then, speaking of one of our greats, Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs was also nominated. Oh, wow. And then not speaking of one of our greats, and I hate to be hateful, but Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight. I Oh, I, that's right. You hate her. I hate her. Oh, <laughs> listen, all you do all you need to do is see Dolores Claiborne 
and Call Me in the Morning. Great movie, <laughs> full Call of great acting, except for Jennifer Jason Lee. Okay, I don't think I've even heard of that movie. So, oh, it's so to... good. It's 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 a, it's based on a Stephen King book, but it's not like I think it's not really a horror movie. It's more of like a drama. Um, it's probably as okay. scary as Carol is. Okay, gotcha. But it's got Kathy Bates and a great mm. supporting role. Like we could actually do. We did it on All Right, Mary a while ago, but we could e- easily do it because there's an incredible supporting performance in Dolores Claiborne. Nice. Um, accidents, Dolores, are a woman's <gasps> unhappy woman's best friend. Is one of her lines. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes being a bitch is all a woman has. <gasps> oh, I love that. I'll have to find a TikTok and just send it to you because uh, this, I think her name is Judy Moffat. Oh, man, she's just a fucking queen. It's so good. <laughs> I feel like we need Judy on this podcast. Let's do it. I mean, yeah. I, I picture cigarettes happening in those scenes. And, and if not, that's also fine because there it's a might great be. Line. There might be. Yeah. I don't remember. But um, in any event, so that's that was the, the state of the affairs of the Oscars that year. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I feel like I don't know why, because, you know, Rooney Mara, I don't know why I've always had this idea of like, oh, Rooney Mara. Like, I don't like I don't like I at some point. I wrote her off for some reason and I had no reason to. And we've talked about her in women talking and now we've talked about her. We're talking about her here. I think that she is like, I fell in love with her in this movie. I thought that Therese was just so, I just loved her. I just love that she was certainly like a quieter energy and was sort of the beta to Carol's alpha, but then was also kind of like, surprisingly direct or surprisingly open where it was there was a i don't know like she because there's ways in which like carol is kind of the hunter and therese is the prey and then there's these moments where you you realize like oh no therese is also the hunter like they're kind of cats hunting after each other they're after each other yes i'm so glad i mean i I think I read like the first two dragon tattoo books and they were great. And then I saw the first movie cause they never made any more than the first one. And she, that was her other Oscar nomination and she's fucking great in it. Um, have you seen, have you seen that? My understanding is that a cat does not fare well. In that oh, movie. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I wonder. If I love that I'm like admonishing you. That. Like I excuse me. No, I, 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 I yeah, I kind of forgot. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> Well, I'm glad I didn't assign it to you. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> no, I and I've always known yeah. about that. Yeah, and she's one of the like the few women, or I guess like girl college girls in uh, the Social Network, and she's great right. in it. But she's really not featured too much. But you know, um, I think she's she's great. I'm always happy to see her. She definitely, and maybe it's just because I watched May December, but she definitely has Natalie Portman energy in this movie. Uh, there was one moment in particular I can't remember. I, the maybe it was towards the yeah. end where I was like, I was like, oh, that easily could have been Natalie Portman. Easily, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm just looking at uh, Rooney Mara's filmography of like, where else might I have seen her? Or apparently, she was in the right before she was in the Social Network, or the same year she was in the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street, which I kind of love the idea of Rooney Mara as a final girl. So I might, yeah, I might put that on my list. 
But uh, then there was this movie Side Effects that she was in that I feel like people mm. have talked about, but I don't know much about. And then what's interesting is that like 2014 through 2015, she was in four one-word movies. She was in Her, then Trash, then Carol, then Pan. <laughs> pan, Pan, Pan. And then she skipped two, and then she was in Una, and then she skipped another, then she was in Lion. So she really mm. likes to keep it brief. Um yeah, but she is. I I totally agree. I'm, I I think she's super talented, and especially from like the the girl with the dragon tattoo to this, it's like I it's I, I would feel like she could just be, you know, when someone does a role like that, I feel like they would just be in, you know, action movies for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives too. But it's so cool that she can do this and like really kill it. And I think I read in the trivia that she's you know much like everyone else is a lifelong fan of Kate Blanchett so like it was such a joy and a dream to work with her and I was like ugh, that makes me happy oh I mean and they just their chemistry was incredible honestly like it was like every time they were on the screen together I felt myself getting emotional like from the very beginning yeah. like this movie made me very like just kind of gently weepy and it was just I I loved any time they were on screen together. I was like, I can't get enough of this. Like I love, and I, I, I didn't look at my phone once. I was just like glued to the screen and <laughs> I just like, couldn't stop watching the two of them. And then I was so worried about what was going to happen. And then I was yeah. so invested in it all working out at the end. Like I, this movie has jumped very high on my list of like, Oh my God. Have you guys seen Carol? You know what I mean? That this is my yeah. latest. Have you seen? Yeah. And it's funny that we both have put it off. Like I, I, I can't really even tell you why I just haven't watched it. Maybe it's because it's like two women and not two men. Like if this was a movie with two men, we both would have been on it. Like, you know, watching yeah. it the moment it came out or in the theaters even too. But uh, you're totally right. Like I, I want that picture of her in that little Christmas hat standing behind that counter, like framed. Oh, it's so cute! It's so Ugh. cute. Oh, and you know, it's like I, uh, y- you couldn't drag me kicking and screaming to watch fellow travelers, and so sure. in some ways, I resist the guys more than the ladies. Interesting. And I, I love lesbians. I like lesbians more than I like gay men. Like, <laughs> yes. I like men, but I love lesbians a lot more, you know? And yeah, I think, you know, I think when God was making gays, he would like dibbled and dabbled with gays. And then he was like, let me try with the girls. And then he made lesbians. He's like, oh, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. Yes. And out came Carol. And out came Carol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay, and I, okay. I just, and I love that, like, we we get with Carol because then there's the question of like if it were two men, like with women, I feel like we when we see we tend to see women's sexuality be more fluid than men's sexuality in movies, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like it would actually be really interesting if Carol was Carl, uh, and yes, and it was two men, and like how would they navigate explaining this kind of out of nowhere attraction or seemingly out of nowhere attraction. But I, I feel like in this case, we get enough context. We know that Carol um, has her history with Abby. We know that Therese is resisting committing with Richard and that they haven't had sex. And so it's like mm-hmm. in a 1950s way, like they are very much like, yep, sounds like a couple lesbians to me. Yeah. I feel like they're both, glamorous enough and i guess like passing 
like they can pass as straight women and obviously like uh carol has harge and a daughter too so it's like she has that is almost like a safety net but it's it, it does remind me so much of fellow travelers because it is almost the same time period sort of but like different setting i guess and Harge in Fellow Travelers is Allison Williams. Is that who it is? Al- the one who oh, girls. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which kind of freaks me out because she looks, her and Matt Bomer look like they could be sisters. Or sisters. Mm. <laughs> Siblings. Because um, they just look so much alike. They're both like beautiful and have like strong jaws. But um, yeah, you're right. I'd, it, it would be more, I, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say more interesting. It's just a different story to tell. But um, I'm so glad we got this instead. Oh, I just, yeah, this, and I think it was like watching them towards the beginning, like almost like each of their gaydar is going off. Like just there was that, that sort of like detecting one another and like the flirting and, you know, when, when they don't have the doll that Rindy wants and the way that Carol asks are like, what would you want? And it's just, that is Mm -hmm. so hot to me in terms of flirting of like, well, what would you want? And and it's just like the way that the, the long, you know, stares and just the ways they look at each other. It's just, oh, I just I love watching them like unlock one another throughout this, like the first act of the movie. Yeah, it's almost like she's she's you said, too, it's like the hunter and the hunty, I guess, or the <laughs> hunty, uh, the prey, I guess <laughs> yeah. is a better word for it. Um, it's like she's casting her line out like for fish and she her her bait are her is her gloves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's totally done on purpose and she takes the bait and there's like something, I guess it's like maybe a little bit surprising, but also like she's very satisfied when eventually like she gets the gloves back and she's able to sort of call Therese at work. That horrible manager she has. I hated Ugh. her. I'm like, lady, take a break. You know, I feel like at some point we do have to do our like worst the worst and i feel like aubrey from away from her yeah and the manager therese's manager at you know fimbleburgers or wherever she works yes, uh, yes. finkelburgers uh is is another worst just what a jerk just the the in the the indignance when therese asked for a piece of paper and a pencil so that she could write down her date details with carol i was like you are cock blocking but i i do love that therese doesn't she doesn't roll her eyes back at her she's just like she's in the moment she's excited because this is like huge she just kind of writes that like she's not bitching about her boss she's like this is a job that I know I'm not going to have forever. And, I'm, you know, it feels like a holiday sort of seasonal job in a way, too. But, uh, yeah, I hated that manager. Hated her. Yeah. Well, and, like, Therese is, like, because she's in her 20s. And she's at that, like, that stage in her life where, you know, she she's this is like a survival job. She's in this kind of survival relationship. She's, you know, uh, she wants to do photography. She's kind of like, oh, I might be good at it. But she doesn't really have any feedback. And I think even little things like um, that other guy, that other friend that she meets who has a friend at the New York times. And yeah, I can't remember his name. Maybe he's Danny. He might be Danny. Um, Looks like a Danny. Yeah. Maybe he's Danny or he's Tommy or he's Fred, but in any event, he, uh, I feel like even him being like, Oh, I got a friend at the New York times. And like, you know, he might want to look at some of your stuff. Like, I feel like it's that, I kind of remember that of like when you're young and you're like, Ooh, I think I maybe made a connection or like I'm yeah. networking. Oh, you know, I might have a lead. Oh, maybe my career is going to happen. And like, 
she's just at such like an exciting young time in her life that is true in the fifties was true for me in the, in the two thousands. I mean, I, I recognize the stage that she's at and I feel like, you know, in the, in the larger scheme of things, like it, you would kind of think like, well, good God, what would this girl, this shop girl, as she's called and Carol have in common, like Carol's Carol in some ways is out of her league. And in some ways is just like, it's like Carol is on in just like that. And Therese is on girls. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's so interesting because I feel like there should be, and I'm sure that not all of Carol's interactions, like throwing the gloves for bait, she must've got rid of so many gloves in the process because it it can't land every time. Like people aren't going to bite. It's kind of just like slowly testing those waters, but like, I think after a while, you just kind of know the older you get as like a queer person, you know, the gay stare across from like the gay bar, if you, you know, but it's mm-hmm. different out in the wild uh, where you just kind of have to guess a little bit or assume that it would work out and flirt just enough and see what happens. Yeah. And like tiptoe into it of like, okay, well, I'd mm-hmm. love to take you to lunch. And then, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, you should come to my house sometime. Like it just kind of becomes, and none of it feels predatory, even though we've cast this thing of like predator and prey, but like, it's all so romantic and, and beautiful. And I, I just like, I also think as much as Kate is playing like a very seemingly mysterious, you know, kind of elusive energy. I also find Carol very warm and very funny. And I feel like, you know, it's also not that she's so much older than Therese, but I feel like there is something about like older when people come out at an older age or start to explore their sexuality at an older age or they're, you know, just at sort of kind of going through stages later in life than other people because of, you know, being closeted or whatever. It's sort of like they do end up hanging out with younger people, you know, like the yeah. the guy who was married and then got divorced and came out as gay at 42, like, I know who that is. I've I've hung out with him when I was 24, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is not this is not Barbara Covet and Sheba Hearts by any means. No. Like this you're right in saying, and I think Carol has to be all those things that you said. She has to have a little bit of, you know, she has to let down that facade for us to kind of like her and not be, you know, or feel threatened or concerned for Therese too. Like she genuinely you know they eventually fall in love and this is kind of how it happens and how it has to happen i guess too and this in in the 1950s and like you said before too it's like women could hang out like this women could get a room together and not really you know people wouldn't necessarily bat an eye at it sure i mean i think that too of like you know women going on a trip together or having lunch together or or, you know oh come spend the night at my house like there's there's nobody who is even thinking like oh could they be lesbians like people yeah. don't have that conclusion to jump to yeah and also i think in this instance like the age gap kind of helps a little bit too in a way it's just like not that they're like mother and daughter age but like it's just old enough to just be like oh they're just passing through yeah right and i feel like it's then when therese is is you know spending the night at carols and then harge comes to the house and oh god it's like that 
because we hear a little bit earlier of him saying like you know kind of hinting about oh abby it's always you're always with abby and so like so abby was someone that you know uh carol had an affair with while they were married and so like harge already knows that much and so when he sees therese it's like oh i know what's going on here and it's like and i think when he asks like how did you meet and when therese says like oh like I, you know, we met at the store and, and I think he says something like, oh, how bold or something like that. Like he, he comments on the fact that like Carol picked up the shop girl. Yes. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And I, I didn't necessarily need more Kyle Chandler, but I'm glad that he's a part of this equation too. And like kind of understands at this point what's going on. It adds to that tension, just enough tension though. It's like, I didn't want to be too stressed about this. Cause I was like, is he going to hit her? Like what's going to happen here? But he, I think he does still love her in the end too. Like, and uh, the only way that he can really get back at her is like custody of Rindy. Right. Right. And, and then, you know, by seeing, it's kind of like then by seeing her with Therese, like that kind of gets him on the trail to prove, you know, that Carol would not be a fit mother and that there is a morality issue. And so it's like, yeah, in some ways, Harge is the antagonist. And then, yeah. And and I feel like, yeah, by the end, I think it's like, um, well, it's, you know, it's interesting by the end, I feel like the, the gambling chip of Rindy, I think from what we really learned from Carol in that last scene, I think she says she had seen her twice, you know? And yeah. so like by the end, it was, it was interesting that like she kind of made this deal with Harge and then in, in kind of the long run as she parted ways with her old life and was then you know living in the city had gotten a job and was basically going to be able to be the lesbian that she always wanted to be it's not that that means that she doesn't want to see her daughter anymore but it's almost like the way i read it was like she was going through so much change in her life right now that it's probably just best for her to not see rindy for a little bit but it it also does hint at like Oh, or does letting go of your old life with Harge, did that somehow also mean letting go of, you know, being, you know, a, a, as much of a present mother with Rindy as you, you thought you wanted to be? Yeah, it's like the cost of admission of like living the authentic life. I think she says something about like th that. Oh, my gosh, that lawyer scene, like the negotiations oh. of just like custody is like it, it's her best moment. And I think she says something about like. I'm going to paraphrase, but like, she's like, I, I don't want to live a life. I don't want to live against my own grain. And that's exactly it. It's like, if in order to have this life that she wants to maybe patch it up with Therese, if there's still a chance, she's like, okay, uh, you know, and I, I think that's so much stress anyway, too, to like, she would have to work so much harder to keep custody of Rindy than to just simply be herself, get a job, and still see her, but just unsupervised. You know, I think that's the win for her. Yeah, and I, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I think it does. I think it, that's true. I think that she's she is looking at this as like all of this is just going to create not her being a lesbian, but just all of this this conflict is only going to create you know turmoil for their daughter. And so it's just like, what's the situation need to be so that Rindy is not living in chaos? And if that means yeah. I have to sacrifice, then that's the case. Then that that'll be it. Because I the yeah the option is other than that is to then be this like Stepford wife 
and to just be like yeah. cracking at the seams and and trying to be this this little girl's mother and it's it's such a like you're so used to especially the the way that it's you know, a period story and it, and it's filmed in a way that feels very like, you know, Douglas Sirk. Typically the ending is going to be something more tragic of like, I don't know, it's not going to be the lesbian asserting her true self, you know? And so when that happened in that scene, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> I know it really was refreshing. It's I, truly expected like one of those just tragic endings where she just agrees to be the Stepford wife. And like, I think that dinner scene is so important where she's talking about her as a psychologist or psychotherapist too. And mm -hmm. just like how awful that whole, like that's, you can, it's so clearly, even though she looks the part she's, you know, she wants to crawl out of her skin. Like it's just, it's not the life that she wants. And it's, yeah, she chooses herself. It's, I Good mean, her. I desperately need Carol too. You know what I mean? Like I desperately yes. need to see Carol in the Carol too. Carol in the city. You know? Yes. I desperately need that. I need Joe March in the city. I need Carol Aird in yes. the city. I need my my lesbian heroines living their big city lives in period pieces. That's what I need. Yep. I I would love to see that. Asking and for so much. Yes, I think that, um, you know, kind of, I guess, jumping back to that first scene where, you know, eventually after all of this chaos and like she invites Inez out to dinner, she writes her a letter, right? I think she's, oh, she just sends her like a telegram. And oh, at this Therese. point, did I say Inez? I don't you know did, why but I, I But I didn't <laughs> question you. it at first. I was like, yeah, Inez. Yeah, yeah, Inez, Therese, I, Therese and Inez. I don't know kinda, where that those came are from. great drag name, drag sisters, Therese and Inez. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, you know, uh, Therese has a job at the Times, which is great. You're kind of seeing her move on without Carol, but still missing Carol. Like she. You know, I love that Carrie Brownstein is in this movie for a second, like kind of hitting on her and like yeah. her just being like, no, I think I still really love Carol. And, uh, you know, that scene at the they go they meet for a drink. You know, Carol is kind of like atoning for it. like, but that's such an interesting conversation because. It's like you have to understand that Carol was doing what she needed to do in that moment, like for what she thought she wanted. And when she wrote that letter to Therese, too, she's like, it's it's better for me to go away. Like, trust me, like it just feels like she has that's the only way that she could control that. But, you know, the side effect is that Therese has a broken heart. So I, I kind of love, like you said before, that Therese isn't running back to her in that scene. She's kind of like, well, what do you got? What do you, what do you have to say to me? Right. Therese is not going to take any scrap from Carol just because Carol's now ready. You know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, isn't it interesting that Carol has had chose to deal she she dealt with Therese and Rindy the same way. She was like, I need to go yeah. away. I need to I need to go out of your life for a little while and like not I need to go deal with some stuff. Like I think it's interesting that she also like with that age difference and with the way that she she was, there is a mentor energy with Therese that she also did kind of have a motherly response to both of them in the same way of like mm -hmm. 
to not hurt you, I need to create distance. And, you know, I think it's, it's kind of tragic and kind of beautiful that Carol is basically like, I can finally have like, I can finally have the life that we wanted. Like I have, you know, if, if you would have me, you know, I, I have it all now. Now I can have the apartment. I got the job. We could be lesbians. It's going to be great. And I, yeah, it's so beautiful. And of course, because we know from the beginning, we know that that guy is coming, you know, and it's going to interrupt the conversation and there's so much tension. And I mean, I th- I think I made an audible sound when Carol said, I love you. I just was like, yeah. oh, you, that, oh, this is it. This is it. And that's it. the moment he interrupts. Oh, I just like, and I, it was like, oh, I can't handle this. This is like, this is Bridges of Madison County. I can't handle this. And then that, yeah. and then we see the hand, putting her hand on Teresa's shoulder again. And just yep. like the impact of that. And and then it was like, yeah, I mean, the ending is so it's so perfect in terms of like, A, God bless Todd Haynes and God bless this movie for giving us not a not a tragic ending, giving us an ambivalent or, or an ambiguous happy ending. Because we have had enough tragic gay and lesbian and queer stories. We've had enough. Yeah. You know? Uh, we deserve to see Carol and Therese together. And it was just so beautiful to see Therese navigating her way to, to Carol. Well, that Philip Glass esque music played. Uh, I, I did not know what was going to happen. I was like, if, if she turns around, I'm going to just, I don't know what oh. I'm going to do. Like, cause you know, Carol just wasn't making eye contact with her. And I think one other interesting thing is like, I wonder if the people that she's sitting with are also like queer people. I hope they are because the way that she says, like, I'm meeting up with some friends later. I think you'll like them. Mm. It just seemed coded to me in some way. Might not be, but I kind of love that maybe that's the direction that she's going with. That's a small detail that I just sort of made up, but I, I, I'll go with. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's like when you when Carol finally makes eye contact with Therese, it's just like, oh, what a yeah. relief. What, a, what relief. a relief. Yeah, it's so great. And it's not an over-the-top moment, but I also feel like, of course not. You know, Carol, they, they wouldn't run into each other's arms and kiss in this moment. And it's so in line with the rest of the movie that it's just... So it, so much of their communication has been through eye contact. And so it's so perfect that this final moment is not like a kiss, but is eye contact. And just sort of like an abrupt ending too. Like there's so much going on on, on uh, Carol's face as she's kind of like digesting it and she's not yeah. overly happy. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, it's it's hopeful and she's so happy to see her, but you're right. It does have to be contained in this really interesting way. Yeah, I and just, oh, I need so much more. And, you know, and, and all that to be said, you know, I also need so much more abby i just you know because it's like you said this yes yeah because i mean i carol and therese are fascinating but i the i had no idea going in kind of what abby's function was going to be and early on when we just kind of see them like sitting in traffic and talking it's like okay so abby's going to be like the witty supportive friend you know um but i feel like she's so like she has such great moments, like when Harge comes to her house to look for Carol. Oh yes, and you know she's like, "Yeah, she's not here," and uh, I'm closing the door now. And then he says, "I love, I still love her." She's like, "Yeah, I can't help you with that." And it's just, 
I I just I and I love that she then you know uh, goes to get Therese. Like I just it's it's kind of fascinating to watch Therese and Abby interact because like there's there is kind of an unspoken tension, but we don't we don't get the full picture as to why. But we kind of mm-hmm. we kind of understand that Abby may still have like slight twinges of jealousy, you know. For sure, and I I love that whole breakfast scene, like the way that. Sarah Paulson's like chewing and just like cigarette acting and, you know, like explain because like Therese is no idiot, too. It's like I, I think that's one of my the things that I love most about her is like, yes, there's she's naive, but she's also like confidently curious about everything so much so that, it you know, it leads her up to this point, too. And then, you know, she has some regret about it, but it's like only because things went south and kind of unpacking that with Abby is like, you know, you're doing this for Carol. You're not doing this for me. Because she, Abby says something about, like, you think I drive across the country just to drive you back because right. I hate you? And, you know, Therese kind of caught her in a, not a lie, but like, you know, kind of clap back in a way. Like, well, it's not for me. It's for, it says everything we need to know about Abby and Carol. And I, I'm sure you read this too in the IMDb, is it, that, Abby was a bigger character like she could have been maybe the true BSA of this movie yeah um which I would have loved like that's the fan fiction that you'll write in your journal later tonight (laughs) absolutely oh I just yeah imagining all all the ways that Abby could play a bigger role in this because it's a it's a great character like I think the fact that she and Carol have this friendship but they also have this history you know and and even to the point when Abby's you know says to Carol about Harge having this morality injunction against her and she's like if i've had anything to do with that and carol is like don't you dare don't you dare and i just yes, love that yes. like there is also that drama too of like is is my presence in your life sacrificing your relationship with your child you know uh, i mean another scene that just popped into my head too is when she when when they kind of her and therese have a falling out carol and therese of course and carol calls therese and doesn't say anything because she just wants to hear her voice and Mm -hmm. Therese knows it's her and like right you know she doesn't I don't know if she hears Therese say I miss you but it's so heartbreaking and even before that there's like this almost like she like grins uh, Carol does like in the silence and then she's just like crying it's so beautiful and so heartbreaking Oh, yeah. I think it's like, because I don't think she hears it because there's that moment where she, her finger kind of darts on the like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, receiver yeah. button and then she pushes it. And then right after that, that's when Therese says, I miss you. I miss you. And it's just, oh, uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to compare this movie to Call Me By Your Name, but I feel like it came out around the same time. Yeah. You know, kind of a, a prestige gay love story. Yes, that's true. That's true. But I, you know, and and somewhat of an age difference, but I, you know, stand on record saying, like, I hate Call Me By Your Name. I hate that movie. And I, it is a besmirch. It's a besmirch to Carol to compare Call Me By Your Name to Carol. Yeah, take that, Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Yeah. I would actually love to watch Call Me By Your Name again. It's it's on Netflix. I put it in my queue and my sort of rewatch season here and my, you know, era of unemployment going into the holidays and after. Um, but I don't know. how. I mean, I think I really liked it when I saw it. I, I didn't see. 
what you saw, I guess, at first, because I remember you and Johnny talking about it. And I don't know if we were do were we doing the podcast? No. We hadn't started yet. No. That I, was a while back. Yeah. That was a while back. I remember I did like a little in the detail. I think it was my second in the details episode, I think I did on Call Me yeah. By Your Name. And yeah, I don't know. I but just... we love the dad. Like the dad is the best part. The dad's great. The dad has that monologue. The dad's great. But like, ugh, the rest of it's just gross. Um But uh this, oh my God. I cannot wait to ring the bell of carol again and speaking yes. of ringing the bell speaking of people getting their bells wrong we get some great sex scenes and i just like i was just like oh wow i did not think we were in, i thought if anything we'd get an implication of sex i didn't think mm -hmm. we'd get like like when they were in the hotel room and therese was sitting there i think it was was it, it was new year's and then Carol just let her robe, like Carol was standing behind her and just let her robe open. <gasps> I was like, that is, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. That's so hot. Oh my are God. Are you kidding me, Bethany? Are you kidding me, Bethany? Who are you to get me wet? You know, I <laughs> <laughs> who are you to get me wet? <laughs> oh my God. That is the perfect call out. Oh, thank you for that. Who are you um, to get me wet? Who are you to get oh me wet? Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and I gotta say, Rooney Mara has some great—I mean, great boobs. Ed. Great boobs, like they are perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's—it was hot. It was really hot. It was great. I love when Carol went to turn the light off, and Therese was like, "No, I want to see you." And I was like, "I mean, okay, but like sometimes it's nice to turn the light off." But you know, whatever. <gasps> Like, so you're gonna like grab a piece of pizza, take yeah, a little snack. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, I'm fine. You just keep doing what you're doing. I'm just gonna check this box over here. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like um in the Savages where she reaches over to pet the dog. Remember that? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, good stuff. So yeah, I I just needed to call that out too. Of like, oh, uh, also because I'm seeing in this picture, I 110 percent need to rez's little uh her little beret her little like yellow and red yeah. and black that oh, is so cute it's so cute it's adorable oh yeah and i think she's wearing it in that scene when she when she takes the train home from carol's and she cries on the train mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that was so man she that was like some good messy crying i love that yeah a lot of just like staring out the windows i love that yeah yeah, well, that's you know that's what you do when you're gay. You just stare out the windows. That's what you do anytime you ride a train. Yeah, yep. you just put on some music and you're like, yeah, yeah. What is my life about? You just imagine, yeah. You just imagine the the television movie of your life playing out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Ugh. Oh God. Well, this was. I my God, this was so a treat. Oh God, this was so good. I fucking love Carol. I. I just I think it said somewhere in the trivia that there was some someone had determined that this was considered like the best LGBT yes. movie. And I thought, you know, I don't have a contender that matches that I've seen that I think matches the like quality the feelings you felt. The yeah. feelings I felt. Like there I I'll have to think about it, but I same. I really think this was probably one of the best that I've seen. Um yeah, I'd have to think. I was thinking the same thing before we started to record, too. I'm like, if it's not this, what is it? You know, I. Right. I, I don't feel know. like. Have you pulled the trigger on 
Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I feel like that's the double header for this. Yeah. Movie, you know? Yeah. So I remember the Gaylords of Darkness loved it, and I just never pulled yeah. the trigger on it. And now I think I'm gonna. I think this really got me in the mood for it because I think they like. I know they loved Carol, and you know, I trust their judgment. So yes. Um. So yeah, that'll be fun. Maybe a you know, portrait of a BSA on fire. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah because i remember when that came out i was like oh what is this because there was that other movie with like kate winslet and sarsha ronan called like ammonite or whatever that uh-huh. kind of, i don't want to say flopped but never got never reached that i, I was like oh wow they're both going to be nominated for oscars for this too and they weren't but portrait of a lady on fire feels like i don't know it feels it feels like it i would be into that too so we're yeah. entering our lesbian era Oh my God, that would be, you know, 2023 was really the year of the men. And I, I think entering a lesbian era is a great way to ring in the new year. I think (laughs) let's, let's make sure we, let's make sure we keep it really lesy, lesy, really lesy. Is that, is that offensive? Can I say that as a gay man? Lesy. Sure. Yeah. Janu, Janu lesy. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I and folks too. If you have, if you have seen Portrait of a Lady on Fire, or maybe you have some suggestions for us, uh, we are open to it because we're into it. Yeah, I mean, in in the wise words of Walter Matthau, "Ooh, lesbians, yummy." <laughs> lesbians, lesbians. <laughs> um, well, I, I think we need to ask for some garlic bread because we are being yeah played off not by philip glass but by carter burwell and god bless him because he's bringing me there great score great Mm -hmm. score yeah uh where can folks find more of you they can find me on my other podcast the good vanilla which is a barefoot contessa podcast or you can follow me on instagram at nick kochanov how about you well, you can find more of me on my other podcast, All Right, Mary, where we are currently covering Dragula Season 5, and then Canada's Drag Race Season 4 on Patreon. And you can find me on Instagram at Contractor underscore, and you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email that we will read, but maybe take a little while to respond to at thebsapod at gmail.com. And uh, keep your peepers on the shop girl's counter because right around the corner <laughs> Put your is... Christmas, your Santa hat on, yeah. Put your little Santa hat on because, uh, you know, we've got the best sporting after show coming and we got some things to catch up on and we talk about the things that we've been watching, the things we've been doing, the things we've been eating. We check in on our BSAs of the week. It's it's a whole other episode every single week, and you get early access to episodes just like this, and it only costs $5 a month, and that's all at patreon.com slash Pod. Lots to talk about this week. The Golden Globe nominations came out. Yep. Some snubs, some really great recognitions, so head on over there, folks. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of heading on places, I think that you and I should get into two pre-owned lease Twitter cells named Ruth and Cheryl and get the hell out of Stepford. I'll bring the cigarettes. I'll bring the... Uh, what did we just watch? What was this movie? Carol. I'll bring the, the cream spinach and poached egg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My brain, oh, like, perfect. blanked. I was like... Wait, what were we oh, just in talking a car, about? Wolf. <laughs> yeah. It's so stinky. Oh my god. I think that as they say is that. <laughs> <laughs>